Well, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are on location today. We are in Lincoln, Illinois, at Lincoln Christian University. And joining me, as always, the one and only, our co-host, <laughs> the founder of the Janesville Community Center, pastor, blogger, author, teacher, the guy who does it all, Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. It's good to be here, uh, especially here at Lincoln. It's my alma mater, and uh, I've, just, I've already seen several people that uh, I went to school with and or served with, and uh, just it's great here, and I'm excited about our time with uh, President Don Green. So this is your old stomping ground. This or? is my stomping ground. We're, we're so. cashing in on your connections here. You, you are, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ray, why don't you introduce her? You, you already mentioned... Uh, Dr. Green, uh, for, thank you for, for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. And uh, why don't you introduce Dr. Green in a more formal sense than what I just did. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I know that you graduated from Lincoln mm -hmm. uh, probably back in the 60s. Uh, in 1970. 1970, up okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Give him credit for the older days. Yeah, right. yeah. well, Next. technically Not it's the end of the <laughs> yeah. 60s. Right. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, uh, you you also got a, a master's from yes, here. Yes, did seminary degree, master of divinity as divinity. well. Divinity, and then uh, Don pastored uh, different churches, but the last place was here in town at mm -hmm. uh, Jefferson Street Christian Church, and he was my pastor when. Mm -hmm. The time around the time that my son was born. We're not going to blame you for that. Oh, we're, we're, and we're not, not going to hold you accountable <laughs> for how he turned out. And we're not going to say how long ago that was. Um, but Josh is uh, 34 now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or no, 35. Yeah. He just had a birthday mm -hmm. in January. Mm -hmm. But uh, And then Don was asked to come on as a vice president. Uh, I don't forget. I don't remember the exact title. But, Started out as an administrative assistant to the president. That yeah. evolved into... Uh, vice President of Development and Executive Vice President mm -hmm. role. So. Yeah, they, there was some uh, board shifting uh, mm -hmm. amongst the uh, faculty. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the 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 board that the the staff board mm -hmm. and uh, uh, former President Keith Raid made those okay. changes, and I think mm -hmm. probably for the better. I, mm -hmm. It yeah. seemed like that yeah. helped things run a little bit more smoothly. Mm -hmm. um, but then. After 16 years of being here, Keith decided he was done. And he was ready to <laughs> and, retire. And he was ready to retire. Well, and he ended up with cancer, and, mm -hmm. and that, I'm sure it played into that. And you became president. Not, I don't, I mean, if I remember correctly, that's not something you really wanted. Did not aspire to that. Um, I had served as a vice president uh, for a number of years, long enough to have a long list of reasons why I didn't think I would yeah. ever want to be the president of the university. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like the best yeah. presidential candidates are the ones that don't seek the job, but the job well, seeks them, so well, to speak. That was uh, I came through the back door into yeah. the presidency, mm -hmm. actually into higher ed administration, because as Ray said, I was prepared to be a pastor and was quite content preaching mm -hmm. and uh, pastoring the church here and uh, had a critical juncture with an interim president whose presidency lasted three years. He he was 70 years old when he began mm. and uh, felt he needed someone younger to come in alongside of him. And so that's when we organized the school's first development department. And I began working with all the external publics. And he handled the academics and the campus and uh, uh, the other aspects of the, the college back in those days. Yeah, it's what we've always said that if you want to know uh, anybody 
in anywhere near to talk to Don Green or Lynn Laughlin because <laughs> they seem to know everybody. They've been around a long time. Yeah. Lynn longer than I. So. Now, I'm yeah. curious if, if yeah. this, isn't, this isn't in the, the predetermined <laughs> list of questions, but stepping into the academic world from the pastorate, do you feel like that was a help? Uh, th- th- was that an aid in uh, better preparing students for future ministry or just, just in Christian academia in general? Yeah, there was value, I think, in having the pastoral experience yeah. when I stepped into an administrative role. I came in with a bias. My bias was, uh, and still is, I, I believe every administrator ought to teach at least one class. Yeah. That way you can stay in touch with why you're here, which right. is for students. So especially in a, in a Christian university, Christian college and seminary, uh, the value of having pastoral experience, I think, was, uh, yeah. was important. So, well, yeah. tell us a little bit about Lincoln Christian University. Sure. This is my first time on campus, and I'm curious as to what are the distinctives here? Sure. Uh, how have you enjoyed your time? Mean, obviously, mm. you've enjoyed your time here because you've been yeah. here for... A long time. 37 years now, starting my 37th year. Uh, Yeah, Lincoln was actually begun in uh, 1944, so we're celebrating this year our 75th anniversary. We will have a 75th anniversary. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) I wasn't here that year. (laughs) But we'll be celebrating our 75th birthday on May 4th, Mm. 1944. The school was begun by a local uh, uh, preacher. Uh, Earl Hargrove, our chapel is named after him, but Earl Hargrove preaching at Lincoln Christian Church uh, saw the need in the state of Illinois for uh, churches to have leaders. Mm. Um, In the decade before the school began, a number of churches uh, had already closed their doors. A lot of churches had quarter-time preaching. Some had half-time preaching. Some didn't have preachers at all, but they were still open. And so there was an urgent need for uh, leaders, preachers, uh, for churches. So that's how the school really got its start in uh, 1944. It began as Lincoln Bible Institute, and uh, about 20 years later, 1961, became uh, Lincoln Christian College. And then in 1984, became Lincoln Christian College and Seminary. And then in 2009, we actually became Lincoln Christian University. Mm. So the name has changed. Uh, but the fundamental purpose and mission hasn't changed all that much. We still are about equipping leaders for God's kingdom, uh, not just preachers. In fact, in the very early days of the school, it wasn't just preachers because out of the first 15 students that were here, eight of them were women and seven were uh, men. Hmm. And uh, so there was a place for women in the Lincoln Bible Institute uh, um, from the very early days. And so we... Um, we continue to carry on the original purpose of equipping students to know Christ and to make him known to the world. That's, um, that's a bit of what we're about. We are accredited by the Higher Learning Commission, Regional Accrediting Association. Our uh, university is also accredited by the Association of Biblical Higher Education. Mm-hmm. So we have a Bible college uh, core. And our seminary is accredited by the Association of Theological Schools. So we have... Uh, multiple accrediting agencies that look at us. Ray, I jokingly say the President Ray was ready to retire when he did in uh, 2014, knowing that in 2016 we were going to have visits from all three accrediting associations, (laughs) and the next year was going to be a year of getting ready for uh, reaffirmation of accreditation. But our three agencies reaffirmed our 
accreditation for the maximum 10 years, mm-hmm. so uh, that was a significant thing. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's huge. That my, my, really is, yeah. my daughter and Miranda yeah. Steiner, they were at another mm-hmm. s- smaller school that didn't mm-hmm. have that regional accreditation, and that's one of the reasons they came here, because, you know, they were, they weren't going to get what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Anna graduated with a degree in communications. Miranda graduates on May fourth. That's mm-hmm. when graduation is, right? Yes. It and is. that's you know, they will have degrees that will be recognized by any place right. that they go to. Yeah. And that is such a huge thing. Well, and you and I can testify of the difficulty mm-hmm. of having an unaccredited degree. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I ended up having to, after I got my two masters from here. I had to go back to bachelor's yeah. and get accredited mm. through mm. Lincoln because mm. my school didn't have that. Right. And then I, I was able to sub in schools. Sure. And, know, that. and I just assumed, you know, I was going to be, I, I went to an accredited college and I was going to be a pastor. I was going to be a preacher. So uh-huh. I don't need to, right. you know, go on to anything higher or I don't yeah. need anything, sure. any professional accreditation, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, God <laughs> had other plans for me. There's some reason for that. Sure. Steps yeah. in. Yeah. And, and accredit- I think the misnomer with accreditation is we're going to let the world tell us mm. what to do. And no, they're going to no. step yeah. into our pulpits and yeah. tell us we can't yeah. preach this. And, no, from the very beginning, uh, the school pursued uh, regional accreditation. Mm-hmm. It took us several years to actually get there. For a long time, mm-hmm. they did not uh, accredit any Bible college, and it was actually St. Paul Bible College that was the first one mm-hmm. to receive mm-hmm. regional accreditation. And uh, so we used their president as a consultant to help us in the process. Um, but that was one of the misnomers. There's yeah. a, a, a thought that accreditation is going to ruin you. The reality is they just want you to be clear about what your mission is right. mm-hmm. and be able to demonstrate that you're doing it effectively mm-hmm. and have the capacity to do it going forward. Yeah, and so and I found it. yeah. it's, it's a positive experience in that you're kind of forced to uh, have some outside accountability Absolutely. and mm-hmm. be a little more professional because, yeah. you know, some of these little Bible colleges, it's, you know, we're going to... Yeah. The president's going to hand the presidency off mm-hmm. to his next of kin, you know. That's true. And uh, the guy teaching math is the guy who can balance the checkbook. He's <laughs> centered on <laughs> theology. That just doesn't happen in small Bible colleges. Yeah. There's a big one called Liberty that that happened. To... We're not we're not going to we're not going to diss Liberty right now. I'm not dissing it. Just um, saying you know, it's a reality there. Well, our in our 75 year history, this is one of the statistics that I find quite fascinating. We've had 18,000 students who have studied here over the 75 mm. years. And uh, we're a school of about 800 students, so 18,000 have studied here. They have now settled in every state in the United States. It took us 60-some years to get someone to go to North Dakota. But mm. We have a church planter in North Dakota <laughs> now. And what's really fantastic from this cornfield in central Illinois, our, our uh, students have gone on to serve in 167 different wow. countries in the world. So that's pretty m- amazing global impact mm. from... Uh, from a small... Uh, the sun never sets on Lincoln grass. Uh, so, <laughs> we borrowed so a little phrase from the British yeah. Empire. But, you know. <laughs> no, that is true. So. Well, it's great to see how God can work even... Because sometimes you, you have, again, another misnomer is that if you're not at a big, huge college, then, you know, what's the point? Sure. But yeah. God can step in here and and use... At any time His Word is being mm-hmm. preached and, and mm-hmm. taught faithfully. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, that that's uh, that term, huge... I mean, as far as our brotherhood goes, anyway, Lincoln is huge. <laughs> sure, sure. So yeah. Good size. There's one, of the one, larger uh, one of the larger ones, uh, yeah. Johnson, I suppose, and mm-hmm. possibly uh, Cincinnati uh, still around? Yes. Okay, Cincinnati. and I'd heard some yeah. rumors. No, there's Cincinnati Christian University, um, Johnson University, Ozark Christian College in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah. Um, we certainly have a presence at Rock County Christian among our community. 
of some Lincoln grads. Oh, wow. I'm mm -hmm. thinking correctly. Maybe I'm not, because you're giving me a weird look. Oh. Uh, someone currently? No, not, I, oh, I'm not. Okay, because uh, I wouldn't know. Was it within our community, not necessarily on staff? Hmm. Oh, um, you, so we like, had. Well, there'd certainly be Lincoln grads in Beloit. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, David Clark. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lincoln, That's um, a, it influenced. Church. Yeah, major yeah. Uh, yeah. church oh, yeah. influence. Mm -hmm. yep. you, you mentioned Miranda graduating here, and I'm, I'm wondering if she's listening right now. She may listen. Um, yeah, she might. Because I'm not going to discount the the influence that Lincoln's had on her, but I'm going to take credit. I know you will um, for you her do, theological you, education. You, you you tend to do that. So though she she she's she her, the cackles on her back go up every time she hears Calvinism going. So all right, well let's um you know this is a Bible college, yes. and uh, but as you mentioned, not everyone is here studying to be a pastor. So uh, one of the questions we had is. Why should a Christian student consider a Christian college if they're not going into ministry? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of ways I could answer that. One of the um, one of the ways is what we try to do is to prepare students for uh, two careers. Uh, one of those is the career that they're going to go into right after graduation. Yeah. But at the same time, we want to prepare them for all the rest of the careers that they're going mm -hmm. to have over their lifetime that uh, they don't have any idea about at right. that point. Uh, this, Statistic is the typical person will have about seven different careers, yeah. not just different jobs, but seven mm -hmm. different careers over a lifetime. So behind that is the assumption that what we provide is not just preparation for vocational ministry, uh, for those in preaching, pastoral ministry, worship ministry, uh, children's ministry, youth ministry, um, but also those going into counseling or those that want to study psychology or communications or education our business administration, uh, pre-nursing, what we're hoping that they will get from their education here is the foundation, the grounding, the values, the commitment that will serve them a lifetime. Uh, I, I borrowed a phrase from the uh, Yale curriculum study when I did my inaugural address that what we want to give our students is the three-legged stool. Uh, the furniture of the mind hmm. is the phrase that came out of uh, the Yale curriculum study to give, give students the furniture of the mind that they will have the capacity to take that with them wherever they go, whatever they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, there, are, there are four distinctives that we try to address here at Lincoln that in some ways make us distinct from other Christian universities, and I think they get at your question as well, Kevin. Uh, one of those is Christ the foundation here. That is, we are a Christian higher education community whose mission is to nurture and equip Christians. So our faculty, our staff, our students are all professing Christians. Yeah. So we have not uh, broadened our admissions uh, uh, into uh, admitting those that don't profess some kind of faith in Christ because we want to prepare Christians to serve and lead right. in the church and the world. So. Uh, Christ the foundation is the first. Biblical integration is the second. It gets to our accreditation with the Association of Biblical Higher Education. We don't just have a few Bible courses required for our students. Our students are all required to take a Bible core. Mm -hmm. That is one-fourth of their 120-hour degree program is Bible because we believe that in an age of biblical illiteracy, yeah. there is a need for biblical education, biblical integration right. into all of learning. So just conducted uh, senior exit interviews last night, and it again gave me an affirmation when the, uh, 
students from the business administration department were talking about how the Bible had been integrated into all their classes. Yeah. And uh, so that's, what, that's our goal, biblical integration into all of learning. A uh, third uh, distinctive is what we call church leadership expectation. We expect our students, as our mission says, uh, that when they are equipped with a biblical worldview, they will have the capacity to serve and lead in the church and the world. Mm -hmm. And so we want them to be prepared to be leaders of churches wherever they go, whatever they do. And then the fourth distinctive is personal transformation. We recognize that even Christian students come with a lot of baggage out of all kinds of different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we would admit them with that, but we expect that while they're here, something transformative yeah. is going to take place. So, so those distinctives, I think, are a part of the reason why. Uh, and, and a little bit later, I want to share with you, uh, when I'm trying to make the case for why Christian college education, uh, there's some other uh, authors that I've been quoting and uh, voices that I've been yeah. turning to, and mm -hmm. I want to be sure that I have a chance to share those with sure. you as well. So. As you were talking there, Donna, the, the two things that I always remember about here was the uh, emphasis on uh, all believers, our mm -hmm. ministers, yep. and every, yeah. every believer ministry. in ministry, mm -hmm. and lifelong learning. Uh -huh. that, that was so huge. I mean, yeah. studying under Dr. Lowry, Dr. Strauss, yeah. the others that I had while I was here, it was instilling in me this desire to to keep learning and to go well to be on their shoulders and go beyond yeah. what they do. You know, I've got a junior high. My junior high is Sunday school teacher. She she keeps telling me how much farther I am than she is, and I'm like, well, maybe, but you know, that that's I'm standing on her shoulders too. You know, sure. she instilled with me a love for God's work sure. and to study it yeah. and yeah. and to you know, to the point where now I'm writing a blog and I'm going through the Gospel of Luke and I mean, mm. and it's a devotional type thing, but all my years of being in church and being yeah, in sure. Bible college and, and sure. interacting with Kevin and other believers throughout the, it, it all comes into what I, what I do. And that's, this is a good, this was a huge foundational place for yeah. me. Um, you mentioned Don, and I know that Dr. Green, who's the president of a Christian university. Mm -hmm. So I thought we should just, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but Ray knew me as Don. I the days when I was his pastor. So. Yeah. I, 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 I like your, your first point was you're preparing people for not just their vocation, but the several jobs they're going to have. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there's any piece of advice I would give to a student entering into college now, would be exactly that. Yeah. Be prepared. Mm -hmm. That I, I wish, I wish I had taken that advice. A, a pastor friend of mine uh, took me aside one day and said, you know, you should learn a trade or learn something. Sure. I said, no, no, I am called to preach, and that's mm -hmm. what I am going to do. I had no inkling yeah. of how God mm -hmm. would take me in the various experiences I've had. I wish I had followed that advice, mm -hmm. and so I, I'm Really glad to see that you're emphasizing that here. Mm -hmm. That's going to be yeah. a huge help mm -hmm. and a huge blessing to uh, really to everybody. That well, really led us to some um, uh, reorganization of our Christian ministry curriculum mm -hmm. because we developed a core for anybody going into some area of Christian ministry, I think 10 classes uh, that are core classes because it's assumed that you may not be a youth minister all your life. Yeah. You may mm -hmm. 
you may transition into a worship ministry or a preaching ministry. Right. And so we, we tried to give them a solid core, an overview, and then some of the skills, some of the specialization that's needed. Yeah. Uh, but it's the shaping with the values and the worldview that we believe ultimately right. will serve them well. So yeah. when, I, when I talk about a three-legged stool, it's our curriculum, which is a study of God's Word, a study of God's world, and a study of God's work. Mm. You're pouring yourself into that mm. as, as a, a Christian. So, yeah. And that, you know, I was called you know, into the ministry too, and I, you know, that was the direction that I really thought I was headed. Even later, I thought I would go into yeah. Christian higher education. That mm -hmm. has never happened. And it, I mean, that's an emotional trip you got to take because you feel so bad about, right. you know, did I miss something along yeah. the way? Yeah. You know, and I, I, I reflect on that as I get older and I said, you know, I probably shouldn't have. But then I also remember if I didn't, I wouldn't be married to the person I'm married to. I wouldn't have mm -hmm. the two kids that I have, mm -hmm. the relationship that I have with this school and yeah. friends from all, well, sure. all around the world. So and, that, as it turns out, human beings are not capable of perfectly... Uh, discerning God's uh, mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who would have thought? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's transition to a yeah. different topic sure. here. This is one Ray and I have talked about quite a bit about um, kind of the future of Christian education. Sure. Mm -hmm. It seems like in general, uh, just, just recently, um, well, still recently, even when this will be broadcasted, uh, Lifeway Christian stores just recently closed all of their mm -hmm. brick-and-mortar shops. Mm -hmm. And uh, why? Because of Amazon. Right. And... Uh, many are looking at Christian colleges that way. I mean, my master's degree I got online, and uh, even in ministry, some are, are preferring uh, less of an academic, which I think is a mistake, uh, academic emphasis and more of a practical-type internship. Mm -hmm. So uh, where do you see that going? Yeah. Where do you see... Because I, I believe it's important. Mm -hmm. there, there's a valuable essence that, that's going to be greatly missed if you're not present here, sure. I mean, half of my education was just talking with the other professors. and yeah. mm -hmm. But uh, I, yeah. I don't know what to answer for you. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I actually um, uh, was asked to develop our first online degree program here. Mm. I was um, uh, serving in church development. I finished my doctoral work at Trinity International University, and after that, the uh, uh, dean of the, of the uh, university uh, asked if I would develop a Master of Arts in Organizational Leadership. Mm -hmm. I was teaching leadership studies part-time in the seminary as well as doing church development work. And uh, so I agreed to do that, became the director and uh, professor of our first MA online. And out of that experience, I'd never taken an online class, never yeah. taught an online class. <laughs> I described myself as a as an immigrant, not a native, when it comes to technology. Well, I mean, and it's it's a different bird. It really, it really is. is. It is a totally different uh, type of learning. But I became convinced that uh, you can teach uh, uh, some things well online, effectively online. We adopted for that program a cohort model so that the students took all ten classes together as a cohort, okay. and they developed a real yeah. sense of, of community. Well, we since have offered other degrees online, and I am convinced that online education is here to stay. I, I'm not convinced it will ever take the place okay. of brick-and-mortar schools. I think there will be fewer brick-and-mortar sure. schools, which is probably of necessity. Mm -hmm. But there is a place for the community, the face-to-face -face interaction, 
for uh, the social uh, dynamic of the learning process uh, that um, I, I hope we never lose. Right. I'm with mm -hmm. you, Kevin. I hope we maintain something of a, of a presence uh, in a face-to-face -face right. environment, especially as we're preparing those for pastoral work. Yeah. But I think there are two things that are here to stay. One of them is online education. Yeah. And at the graduate level, the seminary level, I'm convinced that competency-based education is also here to stay. Yeah. They're going, we're going to have to think in terms of what are the essential competencies that need to be uh, uh, developed in the life of a pastor or, or church leader. How do we best do that? And some of that is best done in partnership with the local church. Right. But what a local church can't always do is provide the theological underpinnings, yeah, right. the integration of right. uh, biblical theological thinking, mm -hmm. worldview thinking into uh, those competencies. So I think there's still a place for, uh, for what we do. But we're obviously offering more uh, bachelor's and master's programs yeah. uh, online. Which, well. And again, I'm not against online. Like my, my, my master's degree is in, uh, is in online, and probably I'll, I'll seek another one. Uh, probably online as well. But, uh, yeah, there's something about in the classroom yeah. uh, that just, there's an aspect of that's just kind of lost there. Yeah. And, I, and I hope we don't abandon one for the other. But yeah. I think both, I, I think the online can enhance what's already there as a foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um Actually, the educational model that uh, I, I really uh, lean toward is the hybrid, where part mm -hmm. of it is online and part of it is face-to-face, -face. Sure. even if that face-to-face, -face, for a lot of our seminary students, it's in week-long intensive. So they don't yeah. live here. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Back in the days when you came to seminary, you, you lived in the Lincoln community. You did your master's work mm -hmm. while you were attending Jefferson Street, where I was preaching. But today, more students will come in for one day a yeah. month classes or week-long intensives, but there is that opportunity for community right. and interaction uh, in, a, in a Christian setting. Yeah, even when I was here, a lot of, lot of guys had full-time ministries. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. One guy came all the way down from Upper Peninsula oh my. when I was uh -huh. in school. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and faithfully, you sure. know. Yeah. Um, but I remember this was long before Keith became president. He was in Toluca and I was right. in Ancona. We would mm -hmm. come over together for our classes yeah. and stuff. But, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I agree with you. I think it's it's not going anywhere, the, yeah. the online stuff. But one thing I try when, I, when I've done some online for Judson, I kept trying to convince the students, you have to be more structured yeah. to do mm -hmm. online than yeah. actual in right. class. Yeah, there's you a really, lot more discipline involved. You, you have to be yeah. self-disciplined. You don't have the, the, <laughs> the professor telling you, okay, right. this is due next week. This is due. You know, it's not the same. It's not the same yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And you've got to learn that mm -hmm. or else you're going to end up wasting a lot of money yeah. because you didn't pass the course. When I was directing the Master of Arts and Organizational Leadership Program, I interviewed students to admit to the program Every once in a while, I would have the student who would say, I want to do this because it's easier. And I would just stop and say, wake up, yeah. call. <laughs> Online education is not right. easier. It yeah. is different. Yeah. It is not easier, though. So just get that out of your head. Yeah. Right. That's the wrong reason to do this. Exactly. So, uh, All right, well, let's uh, transition again uh, because I'm, I'm looking at our time. It's ticking away. Oh, my. Um, but uh, You could make a two-part. Two we we could, but I don't want to monopolize anyone's well, time no, either. I know. Um, we, we usually talk about a danger to avoid section on our yeah. podcast, and... Uh, there are two questions I want to get to, and, and the most important, everyone's talking right now 
about debt. Mm-hmm. Um, taking out, I, I, I've got friends who are still hundreds of dollars in debt yeah. uh, because of their education. Yeah. And so how wise is it? Because we want to be wise with our money. We want to be yeah. good stewards with what God's given us. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we, we do value a good education. So mm-hmm. where is the balance of that? What do you recommend for, for students who are considering, okay, I want to go to a Christian college. Yeah. I'm going to take out some loans, but how do I do this? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things we encourage students to do is start uh, taking college-level courses as dual credit courses mm-hmm. when you're in high school. We, we have a, a program called LEAP program, which is giving high school students an opportunity to take 12 hours of Lincoln credit while they're in high school at a community college rate. So that's a good way to get basically one semester of your yeah. education out of the way. So the much dual credit that you can bring in, I recommend students do that. I, I certainly recommend that they explore all the scholarship options that they can and that they do everything they can to uh, approach their education in a larger learning context that would say even working while you're in school has its value so uh, try to find opportunities Mm -hmm. for employment on campus Mm -hmm. or in the community uh, rather than just thinking immediately about debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the first things I did when I became president was uh, drop our uh, hourly tuition credit rate by $100 a credit hour Mm -hmm. because I felt we were we were simply uh, increasing it too rapidly, yeah. and uh, we needed to step back and evaluate that. That's hurt us financially, but I think it has helped some students. Yeah. As mm-hmm. we said, uh, we're trying to save you some money. We also reduced the number of hours in our bachelor's programs, some of them over 130 hours to 120-hour program. So that's trying to mm. look at the cost of education. And with all of that, Lincoln uh, is still one of the, uh, in the top five least expensive four-year schools in yeah. Illinois. So uh, that's that's kind of where we want to be. We, we mm-hmm. don't want to be priced. Again, least expensive, but still accredited. Still accredited. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, but then there's repercussions of bringing that price down. It had to do some major cutting of uh, faculty and staff. Ultimately, we did, yes. And that, that had to be personally... Yeah. I mean, th- these people are your friends, not yeah, just your nice. your fellow employees. Tell people that's the most painful part of being a president, yeah. to have to make some of those hard financial decisions yeah. uh, that, that are sometimes required. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I use the analogy that uh, David Johnston used in his book, uh, Sustainable Futures. He talks about uh, uh, the challenges that Christian yeah. colleges have to face. And he uses a line in there with this uh, this analogy. Christian colleges for some time have been paddling upstream against strong currents in leaky boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that describes much of Christian higher education. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Strong currents are obviously the economic and, and demographic shifts, some of the regulatory changes that are there. The, the leaky boats are the limited human, financial, physical mm-hmm. resources mm-hmm. that we have. So. Let's talk about yeah. pitfalls that yeah. people can fall into, because you know, especially if you're coming from a. And by the way, thank you for not just uh, endorsing some sort of socialist program that just pays for all college uh, education. <laughs> um, anyway, that's also in the news. But okay, so students coming in, especially from maybe a, a public school setting, uh, may walk into a Christian college atmosphere and think this is just going to be great. This is, and it's going to be, yeah. um, but walking in naive. Is never helpful. Yeah. Um, so, what are some of the pitfalls that you would 
uh, caution students coming in, maybe a freshman class coming in, about life here, especially at a Christian college? Well, I, I oftentimes have an opportunity to uh, speak to the group along those very lines, and uh, these are among the things I would say yeah. to them, that one of the pitfalls is the potential of living in a Christian bubble, yeah. but it's not a perfect bubble. So don't come in with an expectation that this is going to be a perfect community. Right. Though we're professing Christians, we're at, ver at various levels of maturity. Consequently, yeah. uh, you will have to deal with... Uh, differences and so this whole year we have been working our way through the love your neighbor love one another hmm. uh, in our chapel messages our spiritual formation groups uh, with our students because we have to learn to one another in a Christian community but I also talked to them about what I consider to be the two greatest pitfalls in a school like this uh, one of them was was addressed by J.I. Packer in his book Knowing God and that's the tendency that in a school like this you increase your knowledge about God, yeah. but you don't know God. Right. Mm -hmm. And the risk is you don't know him intimately and personally. So I, I will invariably remind students when they come, your first priority here is not to get straight A's. It's not to be able mm. to parse Hebrew and Greek and preach uh, great sermons. Your first priority is to get to know Jesus yeah. Christ. That's what you want. We want you to know him. Uh, and then the other one... In a, a Bible college or seminary context, this is out of my own experience, was the pitfall of studying Scripture for information rather yeah. than transformation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I always caution students, as, as important as it is, that you study the Bible for your classes and your lessons right. and your sermons. You also need to study it for yourself. Yeah. And um, that's the transformative purpose. So those would be the things that I would remind students of uh, when they come in. So. Well, our, our time is running out again, but I wanted to give you a, a final chance. Make your pitch for, right. for Lincoln Christian University, for so, a, a senior who's thinking, about where should I go? Yeah. Why should they come here? Yeah, I usually quote two voices, and they're Yale professors. One of them is actually uh, an author by the name of William Derishevitz. Hmm. He wrote a book entitled Excellent Sheep. He served on the Yale Admissions Committee. Uh, for a time. His subtitle to his book is The Miseducation of the American Elite hmm. and the Way to a Meaningful Life. And in it, he hmm. talks about how much of higher education teaches toward the test for the purpose yeah. of getting good grades with the result that college-educated young people have learned how to be excellent sheep. They can jump through the hoops. They're on a treadmill to nowhere. They're uh, following all the rules coloring within the lines, doing everything they need to do, but they don't know why. Mm. He says in his book, quote, they have learned to be a student, but not to use their minds. Mm. They have no time, no tools to figure out what they want out of life or out of college because questions of purpose and passion weren't on the syllabus. Yeah. That's much of American higher education. Wow. Uh, and uh, the just the ability to say to students, uh, What's more important than just uh, getting a, a, uh, an elite education is getting an education that will help you to think about not just uh, how to make a living, but what's a meaningful life like. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to get prepared with values that will provide you with a vocation regardless of what you do, to teach you how to think, not yeah. what to think. So that's one of the voices that I, that I turn to. It's one of the books I recommend. Uh, William Derishevitz, Excellent Sheep. The other voice actually spoke to our president's group a few years ago. 
the uh, Christian Council or the Council of Christian College and University Presidents had a 40th gala uh, event and um, David Brooks, the New York Times okay, columnist yeah. and author, spoke to the group. He's Jewish, but his topic that night was the cultural value of Christian higher education. Hmm. And there's one excerpt that I share, and I'd be happy to uh, share this with anyone. He's speaking to Christian college university presidents and to our group. He says this, you guys are the avant-garde of 21st century culture. You have what everybody else is desperate to have a way of talking about and educating the human person in a way that integrates faith, emotion, and intellect. You have a recipe to nurture human beings who have a devoted heart, a courageous mind, and a purposeful soul. Mm -hmm. Almost no other set of institutions in American society has that, and everyone wants it. From my point of view, you're ahead of everybody else and have the potential to influence American mm -hmm. culture in a way that could be magnificent. And then he said, I visit many colleges a year, I teach at a great school, Yale University. These are wonderful places. My students are wonderful. I love them. And I said this, but these, by and large, are not places that integrate the mind, the heart, and the spirit. These places nurture an overdeveloped self and an underdeveloped soul. Mm -hmm. End of quote. Wow. A biblical worldview, which is at the core of our mission, is the integrating mm -hmm. of the mind, the heart, and the spirit, yeah. because we want our students to have a properly developed self and a properly developed mm -hmm. soul. So that's my pitch. All right, uh, that's excellent. That's, that's excellent. And you the, got me sold. I mean, what do I sign up? Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that when I when I was here, I left. We left. Josh was born in '84, and we left in '86. I didn't come back for 12 years yeah. to mm. finish. Mm. And uh, they had changed things. Leadership had become, before then, it wasn't. But due to your influence, Don, leadership studies, it, it, we had, and not only were we in leadership, but we were had a faculty mentor, we had a field mentor, we had mm -hmm. an experience that really helped us to see better what we were getting into. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you just, it was... Uh, that 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 class and that experience turned me on to leadership. Mm -hmm. I became a much better leader. Mm -hmm. to, he mentioned earlier, I'm the founder of the Jamesville Community Center. We're still working on that. Uh -huh. but, uh, but I'm doing that because of Christ. Yeah. Because I have this ability to do these things, and I think outside the box all the time. And it's like, and I couldn't have done that without... All the leadership stuff yeah. that I got second time around here, mm -hmm. that was invaluable. Mm. Well, Ray and I are in town here for the seminary lectureship today. And so this is my first time on campus, but so far I, I wasn't sure because I, the only thing I know about this college is Ray. And, <laughs> well, we're um, proud of Ray as one of our Lincoln leaders. <laughs> so I was a little unsure, but you know, I, I so far I've been very impressed to just uh, with what I've seen and, and, and what I've heard so far. And well, so glad you're here. Thank you for uh, thank you for having us, and thank you for taking the time and, and just sitting down with us here. And, and we're actually in a podcast studio. Yeah, we've never been in a, we've never recorded this in a podcast studio yeah. before. We're so. gonna have to work on that one, Kevin. Yeah, so we're gonna have to link to uh, some of the podcasts you guys have been doing here as well. Our pleasure um, to host you here to have you today. So, yeah. so thank all of you, and uh, thank you for listening. So join us back next week, and until then, don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org and at Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. And on Twitter, I've been posting some pictures around here as we've been, but of course, this will have been 
uh, long gone by the time. <laughs> anyway, so join us back next week. Have a great rest of your week.